Lawson Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins, straight thugging, living the dream. That, that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head that makes you laugh. Woohoo! <laughs> they said it can't be done. Are we in the same seats? That's hack. Oh, muggles. Accidental rib job in the park. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Or am I just being cynical? Just muggled it up on fucking Mugglepedia. Where have you been since 9 11? Excited the fringe is over? Yes. That was pretty heavy for you. Aye, it was. Aye, considering I only did two shows. Aye. Um, went out heaps. I didn't break I didn't beat Cara's record. I think I got to like I think our record's like twenty five. I think I managed to do like twenty three or twenty four shows. Um I had a good run in on the last day. We went to see so my two friends from high school, the Alleys, were like, We'll have a fringe day. They came in and we went to see Phil Ellis' show. And 45 minutes into Phil Ellis' show, the man in front of me and Ali had a fucking seizure. Oh, my God. Which is so common during the French. Like, it's the thing you've got it, to remember. Phil Ellis' show as well, your partner, you would be questioning whether it was a plant. The whole time we were holding him up while he was having a seizure, me and Ali were like... Not a plant. This guy's a real good actor. Like, I can't wait to see what the punchline of this is. Because the problem with the fringe is... Um, all of these venues are not venues for the rest of the years. They are just nightclub rooms, storage rooms, uh, back rooms, underground things, and none of them have Dungeons. air conditioning. Like when you start playing some of the assembly places, because assembly owns a lot of, or at least they use a lot of the University of Edinburgh, uh, like lecture centres and halls and stuff, those things are actually air-conned. So if you see those shows, it's great. Monkey Barrel, who have amazing venues. Monkey Barrel 4 is a fucking sweat box. Like, it's, I saw Josh Glantz in there, and 25 minutes in, you can feel sweat running down your own back. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, Elliot was in Cowgate, and he's had several people faint. Aye, aye. Uh, so the guy fainting in front of us. The vaccine, man. Aye, no, aye. No, deal with the temperature. It's, it's, it's the one thing. Pfizer. It's the one thing all those liberal audiences have in common, is that they all got the fucking autism juice. Um, he's, He was fine, and then he was like, I... You know when somebody goes, is there a doctor? And then a doctor turns up and you're always in your head. You're expecting the doctor who turns up to be like, I'm a doctor. To be a man. What? This is. <laughs> no, but just have a little bit of like, this is this. Everyone clear out of the way. I'm going to do this. I understand this. And here's the thing. Doctors are just people. And they're saying shows. So this doctor comes up. She's like, yeah, how are you feeling? And he's like, yeah, not great. And she's like, yeah, do you want to lie down? And he's like, no. And he was like, she was like, do you want some water? And he was like, no, I don't think I can do that. He's like, I'm just hot and sweaty, and we're still in the room, and we're all like, well, we should probably get him out of the fucking room then. She's like, I think the worst thing to do would be to move him. And I'm like, okay, sure. If it was a leg injury from a landmine in a landmine field, let's not move him from there. There might be other landmines about. There might The reason for his injury is still here, and moving him will allow further injuries to happen. Where she's like, let's keep him in the room, mm where the source of his problem is. I know this guy's scared of bears, but I think removing him from the bear enclosure is going to be detrimental to his health. You're like, I think if we just get him outside the bear cage, that, that, like having the bears not able to tear him apart might be better. She's like, I'm a doctor. And I'm like, well, there's no response to that. There's a casualty in this burning building. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, if he gets outside, the shock of going from hot to cold could put him into whatever. Eventually... The fucking well done, the ambulance people turn up and the first thing they do are like, hey, why don't we get him the fuck out of this hot room? And everyone looked to the doctor being like, hand in your fucking stethoscope. Uh, the, the ambulance people who aren't doctors. No, 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 no. 
Um, yeah, because like I think that is probably by the book is to leave them until you've got equipment. Also, I will check, clarify to check them. Important thing: it wasn't a seizure; it was a faint. We thought it was a seizure because he like stiffened up and it sort of his head was going. But it became very clear after that, like once he came to, there was no convulsing of the body. Did he, did he come round? Did he? Yeah, he came round. He's completely fine. The clarification is he's absolutely fine. He was outside, and the second he got fresh air and was no longer in an oven, it was almost as if that that uh, cured that. It would it would be like surely she has some like insight that that's a bad idea to move them for whatever reason like if it is a seizure like could well, mo- but, could moving them cause more disruption yeah it, more, especially if a bunch like, of internal panic if a bunch of drunk people are trying to Trauma. move a man's body up some stairs and out of an underground dungeon then fair enough there might be like injuries on the way like I get that I don't want to say what she did was definitely wrong as somebody with zero a bit too bad. it was a bit too by the book for your liking yeah when initiative was key yes this guy passed out because it's hot let's just go with that yeah yeah and again like it, like very much I've been like if it's a seizure we cannot move him and I'm like absolutely I don't yeah. know much it about- might be a spinal injury you're like pretty certain it's not yeah yeah she's like but even if there's a 0.1% chance of it being a spinal injury it's not worth moving it I'm like totally fucking agree but if there was a lottery ticket that had a 99% chance of winning uh-huh. I'm buying fucking two of those things. But if she if she's a doctor and she gets held of account for doing it by the book as a doctor, she's not even thinking about the guy anymore. She's thinking about bureaucracy. She's uh, thinking about getting sued and losing a that's why I would say, man, a badge. If, if I was a fucking doctor, I would not use it for good. Be on a fucking airplane, <laughs> old shipman. <laughs> Be on an airplane. Is there a doctor on board? Fucking hope so, because that looks serious. But I'm three wines deep and I'm watching The Blind Side, so not my. <laughs> First of all, I'm not going to be... If I were to stand up, right, and somebody were to be being ill on a plane, the first thing my brain would do, this is why I couldn't be a doctor, would go, I'd be like, how far away to New York, our destination? They're like three hours. And I'm like, what's the nearest airport? And they're like, Greenland. And I'm like, he can make it the three hours. There's no point. Are you sure? get him in New York. That's where we're all going anyway. Yeah, yeah, we might as well just go there. But there's a better better free hospital in Greenland. I understand that. But my gig... Is in New York tomorrow. <laughs> ah. uh, Matt Matt Reed had a great routine about that. How doctors always get called upon on that time off when needed, and he's like, "I'm so glad that doesn't happen with comedians, where you're just walking past a funeral and you're like, they look a bit sad. <laughs> see, what, see what I can do. <laughs> you can and try and make them laugh. Like I just, yeah, it's it must it must fucking suck to be able to like to be on your like day off and then have something happen and go fuck. I hate being the responsible adult, considering my job is being the responsible adult. And I'm overworked because we've got a Tory fucking government. I've just come out to watch a comedy show. Then some cunt has a medical emergency. Uh, I don't want to be a responsible adult today. Like, that must nah, be. There's no escapism. Man, it'd be like going on a fucking night out, right? You've got your one night off from the kids. You're going out to be with your friends. And then your husband just turns up and just hands you both of your kids. And is like, I went, oh... Sorry. You're like, but no, 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 no. But this was one my, my one night. I, I know, but they missed you. So here the other. Joy Blue Bamboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I don't know why you've brought your kids to a nightclub now. You should be taking them home. That's pretty fucking irresponsible. Yeah, also, like, you know, if a doctor turned up to work several gins deep, mm. they'd get fired. Yeah. So you can't just call them into action several mm. gins deep. Mm-hmm. That's rude. Also, I don't know how much, like, you know, if you're a doctor. And because this happened, this doctor, she was there and she was giving us all the advice and we were all listening to it. And then like the, the the medically trained staff member of the venue turned up and was like, here's what I think we should do. And you could just see this doctor being like, 
How have I just been fucking outranked by a cunt that's done CPR on a mannequin? <laughs> like, this isn't... They come in with their little fucking box of like, this is where all the bandages are. And she's like, that's great. Good good for you. Man, it'd be like us being at a fucking gig and a juggler being like, I heard the headliner can't go on. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do and it. you're like, first of all, I'm the MC. If anyone's fucking headlining me, it's me. I've got the qualifications. Um, he was fine. We got out there. How was Phil? I mean, great. Fucking, I love that random fucking Did he chaos. Did he style around the fainting? No, he was good, and it's always a difficult uh, position for the performer because, man, you just stop the show and people are expecting you to make jokes, and it's just the time when you just don't make jokes because we don't know how serious it is. You don't want to distract any of the fucking professionals while they try and sort this situation out. And to be fair to the fucking Hive, they got him out there in like 15 minutes. Like, it was nobody did their job fucking badly. It was good. Everyone was safe. Ambulance got there on time. And then Phil was like, I don't think we should continue the show. And we're like, well, obviously you have to fucking continue the show. And then obviously the next 10 minutes was just making fun of the guy that passed out because that's the only way to, Yeah, it's the only way for us to heal. Aye. <laughs> yeah, you can't just sit there and be like, right, well, just uh, Pretend that didn't happen. hold hands and have a little seance for Kumbaya, the- Kumbaya, anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a seance, he died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always singing Kumbaya to seance. <laughs> Part of you would prefer he died because you can't give a refund to a dead guy. But if you're like a 45 minutes and I had a seizure and it's because of the venue, I had a seizure. Yeah, it's going to cost you 40 quid, isn't it? You had nothing to do with it. Um, so we then end up uh, going to like a barcade for a bit. We went to get some food and then we went, uh, we're going to see two shows in the evening, Matt Ewan's and a show called Batsu. Now, um, I'm not going to reveal a name here but, um, because I, I, I just, I, I don't know if I'm Let's I, just say Elliot Steele. Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to. Uh, but through a friend of a friend, uh, we have become good friends uh, with an actual celebrity. Not like a celebrity, it's like the way I'm a celebrity. And you can't say the name of the celebrity? I wouldn't, maybe... You're I'm, not going to name drop on the podcast. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, but they are of uh, Marvel fame. Uh-huh. Like actual in the Marvel movies uh, fame. And Avenger. And Avenger. Uh, and we've become friends uh, with them through comedy, because they have lots of ties to comedy. And uh, I had a time, we, we went out for uh, like a double dinner with... Them and I phone up the restaurant and I'm like, is it possible to get like a, and it's not like a good restaurant. I'm going out with fucking Cara and we all know my wife has the palate of a 13 year old, right? She wants chicken nug nugs. Mm -hmm. She wants a milkshake. She wants pancakes for Smile, starters. Smiley faces, please. Absolutely. Gets very upset if the potato smileys through cooking have a dour face. She won't eat those ones. No. Not, and especially not if they've touched her ketchup. You've got to keep them all fucking separate. Take your dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she only believes in some of the dinosaurs. She gets yeah. very, very upset if you take a giant meatball and throw it at the turkey dinosaurs as if it's a meteor. Not for her. Nah, she won't excavate them. No, nah, nah, no, she will not. Sometimes, just to fuck with her, I like to put bones in the turkey dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, what's this? And I'm like, I'm just making it anatomically correct. Like, this uh, is, don't be a fucking creationist about this. These were real uh, and they had But you think they're all jelly-legged, do you? Yeah, you think yeah, they're yeah. all just loose-legged. I'm fucking... sorry, do you think God just put the bones in those turkey dinosaurs as like a test for creationists? You'd have been a fucking idiot. Chow town. So we go to this restaurant, I phone them up and I'm like, hey, uh, can we have a table for five? And they're like, absolutely. And I'm like, can we get a bit more of like a private table? Just because like a... I am Daniel Sloss. <laughs> so, and they're like, uh, yeah okay I guess there's like one around the corner what's the name and I went I just lost and I heard her like laugh off <laughs> off phone and I'm like 
fair enough. Because like, uh, that's um, very much me being like, hello, it's me, international celebrities, I just lost. Can you put a curtain around my table, please? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just one from a hospital when someone's dying. If you just close those curtains there, just give us the privacy. Uh-huh. So me and Cara arrive. <laughs> you strut in with an adventure and they're like, oh, oh okay, <laughs> yeah. We walk in first. <laughs> me and Cara sit down at this table and like the way it's coming over is like, is this private enough for you? Is this, there's not too many eyes on you. I'm like, this is perfect. Thank you very much. And then... And they say rocket. <laughs> <laughs> this little raccoon walks in. <laughs> right? and, and they're like, take your dinosaurs as a car. <laughs> <laughs> And then for the rest of the fucking meal, we got served by every waiter, every member of bar staff. Just taking turns and having a go at your table. Uh, the head chef came up and was I like, how is it? that I've served them. <laughs> aye, aye. And man, and it was very, man, it was very nice. They are one of the most down-to-earth people because, of course, uh, they are. We end up going out and getting a little bit drunk afterwards. Anyway, so on Sunday when we're all out, we end up going seeing a bunch of shows with... Uh, then we go to see Matt Ewans, which was fucking brilliant. I always love his, just how fucking, I love comedy that's just dumb. Like, especially during the Fringe. Dumb could, but smart. Yes, yes. But he's, could, he's intelligent in but he just fools around. Yes, but the whole, it's that thing of when you want, like, there's so many things of when you watch comedy during the Fringe, you're like, man, that showed a really good point and a really good message. And then there's other shows where you're like, oh my, there was a really subtle point in there and I understand what they were saying. There's like a message or there's a story, there's all this. And I love that stuff because that's the type of comedy I often am prone to doing. But because of that, I love somebody that's just on stage being an idiot and 40 to 50% of the audience are just sitting there being like, so what, is it just stupid? And you go, yeah, yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. Sit back. And it's just people unable to surrender, unable to just give up that little bit of expectation to enjoy. I love being surrounded by those people. Now, you just didn't have that problem on the Sunday because it was like the last day and everyone's just fucking They knew they were going to say. Yeah, yeah. And the word of mouth was out at that point. So you end up having a great show. We then go to Batsu, which is like the show that was in New York and um, Chicago. And it's like a based on, it's like a Japanese game social. Batsu, Batsu is Japanese for punishment. So like they've got the four contestants on stage and they're always part of the show and they've got to do these challenges. Whenever they fail, they get a really shit punishment. Like one is like a really massive industrial elastic band that they put around their back and they just keep walking back and fire it onto the other person's chest. To other people, whenever they lose, they get fired at paintball from like three feet away. Yeah. Like it's so we're all fucking sat down at the back because again I've done the exact same thing. I'm like, hey, and the staff at Adjabeli are like, oh, you're down I'm like, can we get privacy at the back? Just we've you know we've got a celebrity with us, and they're like, man, everyone's gonna know you. I'm like, it's not me. It's not fucking me. I don't do. I don't. If I was to ever have the idea that I needed privacy, I promise you, it would never be me the one asking for privacy. I would keep up the illusion. My people. Yes. I, I am being someone's people right now. Yes. <laughs> this is actually me being very humble. Very humble. I'm being a personal assistant. Um, so they set us at the back and they're going around asking for audience fucking volunteers. And then this woman's like, your friends say you'd be willing to do the show. And I'm like, I'm not doing the fucking show. Oh, is this the show where you were getting carried off by a naked guy? No, that was Stamp Town. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to, this. We'll get to Stamp Town. So... Um, Batsu, they're like, is there any chance you want to be involved in a sake relay race? Nice. Aye. I do, I. So I was like, absolutely sure. I would be so competitive to win as well. Oh, I, I came second. Aye. Out of how many? Uh, six. A few. Aye, aye. 
uh, we I go up and like so it's me and another audience member and then like t- we've got two professionals each and they bring him up and they go hey we also hear you've got a show on this festival he's like yeah you know I'm an actor and I wrote this show and it's there but it's not I mean it's last day of the festival but hopefully it'll be back next year get a massive round of applause and I'm like for the love of God do not fucking ask no, me no, I just like I just like to plug the Marvel movies <laughs> for a friend I don't know if anyone's heard of them but you can get them on Disney Plus yeah yeah, yeah they're all there you can, I can also get them on DVD for you if you're that fucking weird nine ninety nine and you get you get like twenty plus uh, movies and- all on the same disc you got to turn it over halfway through Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> so I go on and uh, 20 to 30% of the audience just have that little thing where they go I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's Daniel Sloss and I'm like yeah. so and, like, and like 90% of them go I thought he was taller yeah 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 yeah, yeah, 100, yeah if not 100 fucking percent of them <laughs> we do the sake drinking game we, we're like there's, it's like it's like pass the parcel but with sake so you pour you drink you pour it over any remainder over your head and you pass the thing on to the next person. They pour, they drink, they pour over their head. Everyone gets their collective uh, punishments. Eventually gets down to like me and the last guy. And I thought as a fellow performer that it was going to be like watered down sake because they do this every single night. It was not fuck. It was pure. They they are drinking full shots of sake every night. Or are they just pouring sake in their hair? No, no, no. They, they're. I mean, there's bits of it going in there, but they are doing the shots, and they are. That's you, not their sleight of hand to just not do any. No, and also, like, man, if I'm going to get shot by a paintball three times a day for 25 fucking days, get they're probably going to have a drink. Get me fucking drunk for that. Um, at the end, when it's uh, like the guy, the host, just goes, "Okay, we're down to our final two. Who is going to win the Saki Village Challenge? Either a professional comedian, a host." Or this random audience member. And like at that point, 50% of the crowd were just laughing because they're like, oh, this is fucking. Yes. <laughs> and he was fucking with you though, right? No, 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 no he idea. didn't. He no didn't idea. Nobody Fair did. enough. None of the fucking. <laughs> yeah. It was a Japanese game show yeah. from Japan. From, from and they fucking... just thought they dragged you out of the audience. Just thought they dragged me Because they didn't even introduce me as Daniel Sauce. It was just Daniel S. Because that's how I signed up to the fucking thing with. Anyway, end up having heaps of fucking fun. I end up too fucking drunk. Hopefully there's going to be images of it. Because everyone, all my friends who as I was there, were at the back of the room. And obviously laughing at the fact that I hate being asked on stage to do things. But I was obviously doing this because I wanted to prove that I was fucking cool. So the only sort of... Con- Ali was laughing because he loved it. He's like, I've never seen you on stage and not have full control. And I know how much you love full control on stage yeah. and surrendering any of it is hell to you. And it was very fun to watch. Because, man, I don't have a microphone. I can't make sarcastic comments to make myself look better. I can't, I'm yeah. just fucking there doing this. Um, and I just kept staring at the fucking back of the room after every single show, every time I was asked back onto the stage. So I think one of my friends might have a compilation of all the times where I'm like, <laughs> Um, ended up steaming drunk obviously to the point where after I sit down I'm like should we stay and watch more of this and they were like let's get you outside into some fresh fucking oh because that's not going to hit you like a brick wall (laughs) (laughs) and when was this Sunday night Sunday night so this was the day after I saw you because I was very high when I was with you Mm -hmm. and that was just the start of things I'd done something while I was really high I done something that makes me really ashamed, <laughs> but I still think I would have done it if it happened again. Okay, okay. Well, is it is it a social faux pas? Was it being like a nah, rude to it was, someone? It was. It was. Uh, 
it was calculated, but only because I was in panic because I was stoned and I made a decision. Okay. Right. I, I made you know when your head's just conflicting, you're fucking overthinking because you're high and your head's just spinning round. Right. I, and I hate I hate a round dodger. Right. This is like one of my pet hates is a round dodger. Yeah. But I went to there. But just if anyone needs clarification, somebody who when you're getting rounds of drinks in is never there when it's their round or will always at their point being like, why don't we just go separately or any? Just a second. Uh, that's blinking. Right, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, round Dodger. Aye. Explain Round Dodger from scratch. So Round Dodger is just when you and your friends, anywhere between fucking three and ten of you, are out and you just go, right, instead of us all buying drinks for ourselves, we'll buy a round and then the round is, full round's over once everyone has bought a fucking round. A Round Dodger will always wait until the last couple of rounds. People start leaving. And people start drinking at a different rate. There's always a point where, like, if your friend's on pints and you're on gin and tonic, sometimes you'll finish them faster and you're like, oh, I'll just get another one in between. And by the fifth or sixth round, a lot of the time the round can go. This is where a round dodger thrives. They wait for people to be drunk. That way they can come in with, a, no, I got that one. Or sometimes they'll be like, I got a round of shots. And you're like, that's a generous thing. Here's, a, here's the thing, round dodgers. You buying a round of shots is not a fucking round. Right? A round of shots is, is a gift that you're deciding to go above and beyond the call. A round of shots is always in addition yeah, to your round. You can never replace a round with a round of shots. You can add a round of shots to another round and you're dead cool and that's fine. Anything else is cheap yeah. and crappy. So there's, there's, there's rules to that shit. And you just, get, you know what? Get in fucking early. Get, get in, early. Get your wallet out, get in early. Right, so now this, um, this wasn't someone I was going rounds with. This was somebody that I bumped into on my way to the bar. And I was like, hey, I'm getting a gin and tonic. Do you want one? And then he was like, uh, I think I'll have this cocktail and uh, you should try it. It's nice, right? And like fucking ordered a cocktail. And then he was like, ooh, and I'm going to get some food and start ordering some food, right? And I'm like, I'm buying this guy's food now because I'm at the bar offering the drink, right? And then he started calling his mates over. Right? Oh, do you want a drink? Get them in on the drinks, right? And it ended up like six people at the bar and me with me wallet out. I'd offered someone a gin and tonic and like the cocktail that he ordered, right, was going to be more than a tenner. So it was already like a 25 pound round when it was me and him and oh. I was happy with that. And I'm looking at this with the food and with the extra bodies and that. And I'm, I'm like, he's probably going to get them. He's got to. He's probably going to get them, right? But I don't want to say... I'm not getting all these, by the way. I'm not spending a hundred pound on your mates aye, on your dinner. Right? I'd already had my dinner, so I couldn't even jump in on the dinner road. <laughs> this is like the shit bit that people do whenever you're out for a restaurant and you go, I'll get this. And they go, well, in that case, I'll see the dessert yeah, menu. Uh -huh. But it's a bit. And what this person's actually done is gone. It's not a joke. It's serious. Now, so this person was being mighty sociable, right? I'm high. Do I know them? Uh -huh, right? I'm really high. I reckon I can guess. I'm really, really high. You'd seen how high I was. You had to babysit me to the burger van, mm -hmm. which was very funny because I said no to hot sauce and you clucked like a chicken. I, I, and I, I, did not, I did not even cluck like a chicken. I said the word buck twice. That's clucking like a chicken in my eyes. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't change the pitch of my voice. I didn't try to sound like a chicken. That's enough. <laughs> No, is enough. And I just looked at the many levels of hot sauce and went, I'll have the game over, please. Yeah, as much as you can, please. As much as you can. I'm like, all right, man. Splashed it all. Right. It was fucking lush as well, by the way. I would never have ordered that of my own volition, but so glad I did. It was well nice. Not the next day, but. 
<laughs> I text you. Oh, you did. Again, I nearly forgot about that. I got I got reminded from the inside out. You text me after that burger the way you text me after you and I have gone to my personal trainer, being like, "Fuck, Jesus, that felt uh, good at the time, but I'm regretting it now." Uh, yeah, I can't even train today. <laughs> uh, so I ended up like. At the back of this group of people, as all the rounds and drinks were coming in, and um, and I'm just at the back, like, can't even get in for a bit of conversation because I'm too high right. and socially awkward. And uh, another bit of a went, Kylie, do you want a drink, mate? I was like, I need Bob a gin and tonic, and I just went off with him. Got a gin and tonic with him and whacked off. And uh, the other lad, when he found us, was totally butthurt because he bought us this cocktail that he liked and I was meant to try, and I'm just stood there at the other side of the bar with another drink. Oh, so he had, so he had been... He ended up, I got, he had to buy them, I was long gone. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking popped smoke, I ghosted. Like, did I or did I not do the right thing? Was yes. I, was I about to get roped into a fucking hundred pound round for someone else's mates? Or was he just going to take the money? Like, was he going to buy that all along and I'm paranoid? Tell me who it was. Elliot Steele. Huh. Because that's like, don't get me wrong, here's, here's the shitty part of my personality. I would never, ever do what you've just described, being like, Oh, oh, not only will I have a drink, I'll have dinner and can you buy drinks for my friends? I would never do that to a fellow performer, a fucking flyer. Uh, I would absolutely fucking do that to any PR, any agent that was not mine, and any agent that was mine. <laughs> you would? Yeah, because with my agent... <laughs> a reviewer. If, if it's my, if it's my like, American agents, where I know that, or my Australian agents, where I know they've got a fucking company card, right? And mm-hmm. I know it's all on that. And they're like, can I buy you a drink? And I'm like, absolutely. Because I know this isn't your money. This is money in this big fucking pot. And you're just going to, you know, and yeah. this is all expenses uh, because you're schmoozing absolutely fine. M- Milan. Yes. It's yes. tax deductible. It's tax deductible. Um, I, I don't know if I could do it. Like if someone were to do it to me, I would pay for the full fucking round and then mentally delete that person from my head and my friendship group. Would you fall out with them over that? No, 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 never thing. publicly. I would you'd... never call them on it. I would just go, you've shown me part of your personality and I'm not here to correct you this yeah. late in life. So th- now this is the thing. Like, I don't have to delete them now because I just walked away from the situation. If if I'd paid for that, then that would have been a card marked. Yeah. That would have been the card marked that I got. I've just been t- like blatantly taken advantage of. Um, but the fact is, I'll never, I'll never ever know yeah, yeah, yeah. what was about to happen because I panic evacuated <laughs> the whole situation. Now, if that had been like my mates that got called over, I would have looked at that as money spent that's going to come back to us at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's money well spent. I want them, like I, I've got deep connections with these people. I'll get them a drink. They'll remember, right? Not people I'll never see again. Mm-mm. Not, not for me that, and I just I didn't have the I wasn't like sober enough to just go and well if you add all that because I'm so frank if you add all that to the bill you can get it I'll fucking chip in for mine but I'm not getting a hundred pound run in for your mates I would have literally said that but because I was stoned I was like <laughs> taking the hokey cokey you know I was like God, just left just fucked off and cheated on him the Northern Irish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're cheap Northern Irish people, but it was, <laughs> What's there funniest? was no other. The person who's round had jumped on us, Mickey Bartlett, so they're not. No. Is Mickey Bartlett's Northern Irish? Uh-huh. Ha! I think I did know that, actually. Okay. Aye. So, aye, that, 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 like, that's been like, on my mind going, what a philosophical quandary. Yeah. 
because I'm all about the like fucking diving in on a round. Aye. But that that was like I I found me breaking point. <laughs> we had a moment the other day on a night out on Friday where I was glad you weren't there because you would have got into a physical altercation. Um, when Cara comes out, and I sometimes uh, forget that I have married scum, common as muck, northern scum. I love her. It's one of the you know many one of the main things I love. But you, she is a you married a woman in my image. Yeah, I will. Uh, this is not going to be the best thing I've ever said in this podcast, but it is true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in a relationship <laughs> years and years ago with somebody who was like, I like they they were she, she was very intellectual and it was a challenge all the time. There was lots of fucking debates and blah blah. blah. And I was talking to Andrew Maxwell and he's like, she seems a bit fucking combative. Like combative to you. And you every time I see you, you're always like in the very heated debates and I was just like well man you know what the thing is I just like being in a relationship with someone, with someone who like mentally challenges me and keeps me on my toes and Maxwell's like oh. no man marry a f- like, you, you're in a relationship with them you marry a bimbo marry a girl that you, doesn't watch the news dude right. <laughs> you, you marry a happy bimbo who yeah. doesn't know anything about the world, so they're not affected by it, and they're just happy all the time. And I'm like, fuck it, Jesus Christ, Maxwell, that's some old school 70s, 80s <laughs> sexism there. Like, women can be intellectual, and, and if you find that, like, a, a challenge to your masculinity, I find that to be quite pathetic. I've got to tell you what, marry a fucking bimbo, man. They're the tits. She's just, uh. she, she's just happy all the time. She's, when we go out... And she's not with me. People are gutted that it's just me there. Because <laughs> they're like, but where's you're not. Cara? Yeah, you you're not. Sitting here in West Car. Yeah, you're not the fun one. You're going to fucking sit down there and you're going to have a grumpy resting bitch face. And even though I know you're enjoying yourself in my head, like, it's not. Whereas Cara is fun, fun, fun. So we'll go out. Cara's in full fucking fun mode. And I love it. I love being in her wake. I love just being like, okay, I'm going to surrender to whatever she wants to do. I drag her out to comedy all the time. And even though she likes it, it's not her favourite thing, but because it's my favourite thing, she will surrender to it, put her all into it, and that's why she's so popular amongst all of my fucking friends in comedy. So she goes, I want to go to karaoke. And I'm like, done, done. You've been in, I've taken you to see enough show this festival. If you want to leave the arts bar and just go do some fucking karaoke, let's go that's do that together. So me, uh, uh, a bunch of other people who work in the industry, Elliot Steele, uh, actual Elliot Steele. I've not changed that name. The real actual Jewish horse Elliot Steele comes with us. And so we're out, we get in at about fucking one. The thing's booked for an hour. And Elliot's like, I'm not going to sing. And I'm like, man, please sing. I'm not going to sing just because I despise karaoke. I hate it. I, I will watch it and I love watching it. I'll sing from the audience. Like I'll, if my wife's singing on stage, I'll fucking sing with her from the crowd. You put a microphone anywhere in my face, I will sit there and ruin everyone's evening. I will I will not say any fucking words. I'll do the tequila song. That's it. Yeah, right. Because starting IRA songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, so eventually, I'm like Elliot, get up and do a fucking song. You'll love it. It'll be for you. He's like, you're not gonna make fun of me. I'm like, no, man. Like, uh, this is a fucking safe space. Elliot goes up, sings. He loves it. Everyone's having fun. Now, because we had a booking from one until two, and the bar shuts at two, and that that's fine. That's licensing laws. I get that. Two p.m. Everyone's got to get out. Cool. Because we started five minutes late because they were getting us some free drinks. The timer on the screen said that we had 10 minutes left, right? When it was 5 2 2. And I'm like, well, oh, it's like the five side courts. 
Oh. Where the fucking the five side lads start coming onto the pitch and standing in the corner instead of waiting by the window because it's their turn on the yeah, court. Yeah, yeah, they're like, they're like, we didn't get on. They were changing from the badminton. Uh, uh, the badminton nets were up when well, we got here. So there's a knock on of five minutes. Wait outside, lads. Aye, uh, 100% that. We get to two. Nobody else is paying attention to the clock apart from me, but I'm like, okay, I think I think we're done. And they're like, one more, one more song. And I'm like, all right, fucking fair enough. And one of our friends is up picking a song from the screen. Two friends are singing on the stage and this fucking bouncer walks in and this is how, there's a way to do that, right? We weren't given any warning, by the way. Nobody coming in and being like, hey guys, I know it says this. Could you fucking wrap up? We're sorry. This bouncer comes in, physically moves two women to the side who are just typing into a thing to pick their favorite song physically moves them aside to turn the fucking machine off, right? And and that no hello, no everyone get out, just that. And I, Elliot is immediately, my, I'm like, Don't, I'm not getting into a fight with the bouncer tonight. I'm not getting into a fucking fight with the bouncer. I cannot be fucking arsed with any of this shit. He's like, he's being an arsehole. I'm like, of course he's being an arsehole. He is a bouncer. The fact that this is the way he's done this is he's already getting kicks off of this. So do not give him anything that he wants in this fucking scenario. Just fucking leave. This reminds me of when you nearly, you actually stopped me from beating up a fireman. Aye, that was the, the, exactly the example I was going to give at Rockness. At Rockness Festival, the fireman, I, I, I mean, he was in fire tar and gear, whether he was a fireman or just the fire guy at the festival. Um, we're just, we're in the artist camping, we've got a little campfire going. And we're just sat around last day of the festival, just having a couple of cans, a little bit stored. We've got to drive tomorrow, so we're not going right. mad. But we're just telling some stories. And he come along with a fire extinguisher and sprayed the fire into people. Aye. The people sat around it. Ashes, smoke, fucking right. At no point remained out of the flames. Didn't come up and say, hey guys, it's time to put the fucking fire out. Walked out with a big shit-eating grin on his face and just did that. Oh, I really fucking rammed that fire extinguisher up his ass. Aye. Like, it's not a good look beating up a fireman. It's a terrible, terrible look. But that was a scumbag in a fireman's outfit, that. Aye. Aye. That was an absolute were, piece of shit. Uh, you were looking at a fireman's bit. outfit as a get out of jail free card from getting kicked to fuck, well, and I wasn't going to let it stop him. We're just out there looking at this cunt being like, are you sure you didn't want to be a policeman? Because this Aye. is what a policeman does. <laughs> like that's yeah. That level of, I've got a tiny bit of authority, and I'm going to fucking wield it in the most aggressive way and dare you to fucking challenge and it. That, that buddy, was, buddy, move to New York and become a police officer. That's, where, you, that's where your heart lies. Aye. Brutality. Aye. Uh, that was me at Prime Macy as well. Macy being Larry to people that aren't from Newcastle. Macy. Aye, that was me when I was at my fucking most trigger happy, you know, fucking out. I put us in a fit of rage. So you done that. You just fucking come in, just fucking stomped in, boom, unplugged it. No, thankfully, it, thankfully, all the girls were drunk enough that like they didn't care. They were just like, all right, we can just go fucking somewhere else at this point. But I was like, it was Elliot was the only like part. Like it was me, uh, Gay Ryan. Who's obviously is in the, mind you, he was getting fucking bitchy and lady as well. Like he was like, This is unacceptable. And I'm like, man, please don't. I'm the one that gets my head kicked in here. Uh, like it's you know Oh, would it be like that scene in um Bronx Tale where he just fucking he just he has the door lock <laughs> he's just stuck in. He's just in there, he's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> the other doorman kind of get in. Uh, and look, I I try I tried to have fucking empathy. I'm like, man, the amount of times this guy has probably walked into a fucking karaoke thing th this and just everyone's been fucking lady. Because again, when we're in there, like it's a side of Edinburgh that I've not been to to ages because I don't don't go out to nightclubs and stuff. Uh I was like, oh God, I forgot that these type of people existed, which is just people who because they work so hard during the week, right? Their weekend is their big fucking thing. 
right? And and that's them going out. And they've got every right to get fucking shit-faced and let fucking loose. So I imagine dealing with those people every Friday and Saturday, you're just like, I'm going to go in with a zero-tolerance fucking yeah. thing. But you always just sat there being like, you, you are a zookeeper that throws stones at the animals. Mm. And I just think, like... I don't think you should be have to. Your job description isn't to be nice to people, yeah. but your all, job description also isn't have absolutely zero fucking humanity. Yeah, <laughs> like I understand yeah. that's that's important to be able to do the things that you're doing, which is to pick up small women and throw them away. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. it, you never look even as the customer there. You're like you're coming in, you're paying fucking over the odds for a beer just because fucking that's the way it is. You should be a valued customer, really, but they just say it's trash because you're drunk, even though that's... And we are trash. Even though that's what they're selling. Yeah, yeah. You're a scumbag for doing it. Um, like, the, you can't even complain about it, otherwise you look like them people getting thrown out of a um, comedy club going, what, for laughing? And you're like... You, you're throwing us out for laughing. Nobody has ever been kicked out of a comedy club for laughing. But if you did get thrown out for laughing... <laughs> You don't have a leg to stand on. There have I do wrong. There are some, there are there are some people who, and I th- I think making fun of somebody's laugh is like one of the cruelest things in the world that you can do, mm-hmm. right? To make somebody self conscious about how they express joy. Now that's not to say really stupid laughs don't exist out there. Jimmy Carr has a dumb as fuck laugh, right? That was one of your things when you were single. I don't know if you remember, but you used to tell girls you like that laugh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, well... It's really sweet. It's really sweet if you mean it. Yeah. <laughs> You're just fucking wheeling it out. I like... To every seal. Yeah. Oh, no, to be fair, I don't think I ever said, I love your laugh to, like... there was Someone whose laugh you didn't like. Yeah. I'd be like, I like that you're laughing. Uh-huh. But there's some there's some people who have laughs which are just they're they're unusual they're different fucking sounds and if it's genuine I will never ever make fun of those people. There are times in clubs and shows where and and I will say normally in America ninety percent of the time in America where somebody's laugh you go that's performative. Mm-hmm. You're laughing loudly. And pointing at your own face while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm laughing, ha, ha, ha. So people go, and then people laugh at your laugh, and then you love that people are laughing at your laugh, and then you sort of go into just, yeah. it's the way of getting the attention onto you. I'm not saying we should throw those people out of the club, because, you know, it's like the death penalty. It's Muslim. It's like the death penalty. What if, what if you got it wrong? And that is is actually their laugh. Uh-huh. Like you can't, even if there's a 1% chance we're going to get it wrong, we can't do it, but... Put them in a little booth, a little soundproof booth. I stop laughing so much. It's not even the laughing so much; it's the laughing so pointedly. Yeah. It's a if you, if your natural laugh sounds like a fake laugh, that's so unfortunate. Oh man, I went to see fucking Ed Byrne the other day, right? Ed Byrne, who is very much is the reason I got into comedy. I watched him since I was nine years old. I love his stand up. Um, I used to fucking watch Pedantic and Whimsical on DVD over and over again and then just go into school the next day and repeat it. And that's why if you ever watch any of my early stand-up on television, I'm just doing an Ed Byrne impression. He's got an amazing show. Um, and I'm in there in the room at the assembly. It's one of the bigger rooms during the festival. There is a woman four rows in front who is just so drunk, just so fucking drunk that her whole thing... And this, this is his show this year about his brother who died. Aye. She's not listening to any of his stuff. She will just occasionally, she'll hear buzzwords and she will either clap, like, yeah! and then turn to her friend, her friend who has not made eye contact with her 
for the whole her friend who's just sitting there because the people in front of her are turning around and the people beside her are looking at her and people behind her are like trying to fucking donkey punch her while their partners go honey don't 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 you punch the bitch she just keeps going on keeps going on and her friends are trying so hard to move away from her but it's a fucking sold out venue and it's a big enough room that like i when i'm on stage in bigger rooms and i can hear there being a disruption over there sometimes right the best thing to do is the comedian is to bring attention to this person and go shut the fuck up uh because one hopefully once the attention's on them, they don't want it anymore. It lets the staff know where they are so that, and that the person's bothering you, that they can sort of move out. Uh, that's one way of dealing with a disruptive audience member. The other one is to just sort of kind of, and I, I prefer this method, which is to just let them, for five more minutes, get everyone around them to hate them more. If you insult them straight away and you go harsh, people will be like, oh... That was a bit rude. She was only talking for like a minute there because she was and enjoying the, first the show. couple of times you just kind of glance at them and stare at them and like let the audience know that you've put your spotlight of attention on them. If you let this woman or this audience member talk for 10 fucking minutes, the, the, the size of the circle of people they're pissing off is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you're like... When you address it, you've got an army. Yeah, well, well to the point where you could literally be like, hey, there's enough of us in here that we could murder this person. Mm -hmm. We could just beat them to death. And if we all agree all that right. they fell down the stairs, we'll be good. That's where you want them to get to. That's when you can. Now, she did eventually uh, shut the fuck up. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't through dying, uh, which would have been the, the best. Just ran out of steam. Aye. Well, it was, it was one of those things where, like, it, it gave me a bit more empathy for the fucking bouncer the night before. Because I'm sad. Because that's my level of annoying. Talking during the show is the thing that make, fills me with such fucking rage. That I'm there being like, it's, this, is, this woman never comes to see Remember comedy. Remember when we were watching Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? We were on cocaine. Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, we were. And we weren't talking as much as the fucking kids. Were we weren't talking at all. We weren't. Or watching Harry Potter. Aye, we were loving it. Just wide-eyed. <laughs> and then uh, there was just these kids chatting away behind. And we're like, it's fucking, what is it, like 250 pound a ticket? Aye. Just bristling and looking at the mother. Not looking at the kids. Aye, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything to the kid. But I'm like, this is your fucking child. And you've taken them out. And don't get me wrong, well done. I think it's a good thing to do to take kids out to theatre or music or any sort of thing. But part of your responsibility of taking a child out to this is to explain the social rules uh -huh. of public performance. That, that's what it was for me. It was the zero intervention. If she'd tried to intervene a few times and just had lost control, I would have had so much sympathy. There was no attempt at control. No. And they were so fucking loud and obnoxious and just playing their own little game behind it. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard being a grown-ass man, like at the time would have been like just over 30, but still, right? Grown-ass man. You didn't want to be the one telling the child off for talking during Harry Potter. I, I absolutely you were, you were the guy. Yeah, I was the guy. I went, <laughs> uh, and, and, and I, I didn't even fucking mince my words because, again, as you said, for 10 minutes, there was no even slight inter intervention. Like, I think had I turned around at one point and been like, hey, could you please be quiet? Like, the fact that I was somebody who wasn't their parent talking to them, adding to their parents telling them to shut up would give them that fear of like, oh, God, I've got this attention. I literally turned around and went, you need to get your kid to shut the fuck up. Like, that's yeah. just what needs to happen here. Like... Okay. <gasps> And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll bet. Get your kid to shut the fuck up. Now, to be fair, the kid did shut the fuck up for the rest of it. And I did want to turn around half an hour later and be like, you see how easy that was? 
Do easy and all the hate that you have for me now because I swore in front of your kid. That's what fifteen people around you Aye. were fucking feeling. It wouldn't have just been us. That would have been several rows that were feeling that we were just in the epicenter. Just to let you know, if you are ever in a public, if a cinema, a theater, a music thing, and somebody is ruining the show, if you are the person that has the fucking courage to turn around and go, you need to shut the fuck up. You are. Nothing short of a social god. That is such a like a good public thing to, to be. That's the equivalent of the. Is there a doctor in the house? Aye. Like if somebody's talking through a show, I'm like, is there a scary person nearby? Is that, is that someone with bravery and courage? Yeah. <laughs> is there a very physically intimidating person in the vicinity who can stand next to this person and just put fear into them? Is anyone able, is Emmanuel Sonobi here? <laughs> Is there any chance he'd be willing to just stand behind this white woman and breathe down her neck? What do you mean that's dangerous for him? Why would that be dangerous for him? Yeah. <laughs> Fast track to getting shot. Yeah. Um, so where did that come from again? The show, Ed Byrne show? Ed, Ed Byrne show is just the woman fucking talking all of the way uh, through it. Jabberjaw's excellent show. Uh, yeah, Natalie said it was essential viewing. Yeah, and then so I went to... go say it. Then I went to Stamptown again. Stamptown's like the new fucking late, late, late So night this night. is the bit where I saw your Instagram. So this is where we split after the, the game over hot sauce burger. Um, I split to go to Masioki and you went to Stamptown. And then I saw an Instagram of you getting carried off the stage by a naked dude. Was that impromptu or was that some? That was impromptu. So Stamptown is just made. It's hosted by Zach Zucker and the whole fucking thing is it's like a late night cabaret show and his character is that he's a terrible fucking comedian and that he's got no control over the show and things just keep going. It's, it's so fucked. Like it's, you know, you have to be there in the audience and you have to fucking surrender to it. Like the, one of the whole big bits of it is there's just a guy called Dylan and, and there's several Dylans and they just wear purple morph suits and they wear a shirt that says Dilla, Dylan uh, on it. And anytime Zach tries to do something, they'll just come out and start dancing to a song to try and get the energy up, even though the energy doesn't need to go up. And it's carnage. And then anytime Zach does like a gun shot, at the end of any of his fucking shitty jokes, someone will fall down dead from off stage, and and then people will clear them up. It's just meant to be this clusterfuck. So they said to me, they're like, "Do you want to do Stamptown?" I'm like, "100 percent." They're like, "Would you do a set?" And I'm like, "Not in a million years. I'm not going on to that chaos and doing jokes about my son." Yeah. Like I've been like, so the other day, my wife, yeah. like it's just my current batch of materials for a show. I'll tell, it's, it's not club ready. I'll tell you who will smash yeah. a fucking Stamptown gig as a stand-up. Michelle Brazier, yeah. Michelle Brazier, because she's fucking high energy. She's got real fucking talent. It's almost like a character in the way that she does it. She's excellent. I'm like, I will just go on and just be part of things. So there's a guy called Marshall who does like whip tricks and fiery, and he's one of those cabaret acts who's got one of the biggest decks I've ever seen in my life. And I say that as somebody with a large deck. But when me and Cara saw it, like he's got this thing where he just, he's butt naked and he's got the Scotland saltire flag in front of him and it's see-through and all the lights go off and he just holds a torch behind his arse to the song, what's that coming over the hill? It's a monster, a monster. And just flicks his giant cock through the saltire. And just does a shadow puppet of his deck onto the... Oh, and it's, yeah, 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 yeah. And does he get it actually out-out as well? Or is it a trick of the light? No, no, he gets it out-out. It's a big old dick. It's a big, 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 big dick. It's Hard to tell from the distance. I was Scott. Four, foreskin? No foreskin. He's American. Uh, oh, he's not. No, that's not true. I think I would have said my face. Like wide in the middle? Big head? Bit of a bend. <laughs> bit of a bend in bit it? Bit of a bend, aye. Like rickets? 
Oh, I could fucking oh. go around the corner. Our, our friend Ricketts, like his dick wouldn't look out of, out of place at the end of a question. <laughs> <laughs> He's the cock riddler. <laughs> yes. I know, I know, because it's riddled. Huh? <laughs> riddled, I like it. Um, he cocks like humble. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, so I, I go on, and the thing I've got to do is I've got to hug Marshall's big sweaty body while holding a rose in my hand, and he whips it around his body. He cuts the fucking head off it. The what? The head off the rose. <laughs> <laughs> it does this every day. It's still big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I mean, bigger. I like, hey, you asked if he was circumcised. I was just explaining the procedure. <laughs> Um, there was one when me and when me and Cara went to see Stamptown for the first time. Right, uh, we're just in the audience. We're just there to like. She's there every it. night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marsha does this thing. She loves it. Halfway through the show, a woman in the crowd starts going, "Oh my god, uh, oh uh, my baby!" Right, and all of the lights come up. Right, all of the lights come out. All of the crew and the comedians from backstage come out and like run out. And like the venue staff come in and this woman's like standing up, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, it's my baby. And everyone there is freaking around, turning around, right? And it's Karen Gillan from Doctor Who. Amazing, <laughs> <laughs> right? She right, she's there and she comes down onto the stage and half of the audience are like, is that fucking that that's that's Karen Gillan, that's Amy Pond. And she goes on stage and she gives birth live to Natalie Palomides, an ex uh, uh um, not Edinburgh Fringe nominee I think she actually might have won it one year her special is on Netflix it's excellent she comes out as a baby with the umbilical cord and so how do they make this happen does she she's just like Karen stand, blanket come between her legs Karen stands at the back behind the curtain right behind the curtain somebody's there with some really horrible red water they throw that out Natalie comes out between the legs with a giant umbilical cord still attached to Karen and then she does five minutes of stand-up as a new baby. <laughs> right. Just like, and, and like, just like, eh, you, sir, could you tell me a lie? And the guy's like, the sky's green. She's like, what do you think? I was born yesterday? No, I was born today. God, I'm dying up here. It feels like a stillbirth. That's the whole fucking man. That's amazing. One of the most fucked sets I've ever seen. Right? And me and Cara just said there, like, 20% of the audience don't get it. 80% of the audience is just like, this is it. This yeah. is fucking stamped out, baby. This, this is, is the fringe. We're at yeah. the fringe now. Why the fuck is Karen Gillan in this audience? Then, at the end of the fucking set, where we're just all calming down, um, Zach Zucker comes on and goes, ladies and gentlemen, just to close out the show, Bastille. And Dan from Bastille, the fucking band, was in the crowd and came up and just did a five-minute acoustic set at the Great. end. Fringe. Fucking fringe, baby. Like that's in like. What venue is this at? It's at Pleasant's Fourth. Right. Um, I don't know if I've been. That so way. I mean, next year I will. I said to them at the end, I had so much fun on it, but that sort of like silliness clowns. There's so many of them clowns. It's like Vigo Venn's part of it, and fucking Josh Glantz and all these amazing fucking clown silly fucking comedians. Uh, and it's just them being silly together and they're like workshop and daft ideas and like nothing's too stupid they're like okay right, yeah, I'm listening yeah I didn't have the courage what we're gonna need I didn't have the courage to come up with anything silly myself I was like just incorporate me into things you've already got and then after doing it it felt like my first orgy right 
Aye. You know, at your first orgy, you probably don't. You probably don't fuck a lot of people at your first orgy. You probably end up like having getting, sex, getting drinks once, maybe getting like a little blowjob, maybe you experiment a bit. You let a guy wank you off, and you're like, okay, maybe I'll get into this. Lighting next. people's cigarettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You look busy. I'll, I'll get that for you. <laughs> and the wet floor cone. Why remember the clipboard? <laughs> um, but by your second or third orgy, you're like, oh, okay, I understand. Everyone on me. Yeah, yeah, pylon. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm definitely next year at Stamp Town going to be doing more of the shows and just being more fucking silly and dumb with it. Like, so I died this time. Uh, I got shot at one point on stage and that's when they carried me off and they got fucking um, Gary Starr, who's another clown who's already fucking butt-ass naked. And fair play to Gary Starr for getting his cock out after Marshall got his cock out. Uh, that is... Not a, good. Oh, hey, man. Like... Even if you had like the most aesthetically pleasing average cock, we just uh, saw just seen it there. Yeah, completed yeah. it. Man, have you ever seen like a really, really big baby, like a baby that was born like ten pounds, and then like for the first six months, like it just didn't stop growing, like it just ate more and more. And because some babies grow faster than others, and then you sit that baby beside a regular fucking baby, and your regular baby, you're like. People go, is your baby premature? And you're like, no, that's a normal baby. It's just because <laughs> I had a massive fucking baby. That was Gary Starr's cock next to Marshall's. Uh, so Ga- Gary Starr, everyone looking at Gary Starr's cock was like carrying on playing a computer game after you finished the main story. Yeah, just like... Uh, <laughs> little subquest, little subquest dick. So I, I start getting dragged off stage and I feel somebody grab my legs and then somebody grab my arms and I'm sort of trying to give the thing. I'm like, I'm definitely touching a naked body. And then Gary moves my hands to his arse and he's like, this is the only place you'll get purchased. So I walked off spreading his arse. cheeks. <laughs> nice. Stabbed out, baby. Uh, that sounds good. Aye, lost. You've done that instead of coming to Masioki with me. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, I fucking... Prefer that sort of stuff, do you? Yeah. Do you want to do a big sing-along with me and Milo? It was good that I went with like uh, Milo, Gareth, Mark, and Alison. It was a fucking really good crew. I remember little of it, like nothing to report. I was fucking mullered. Aye. I can't even tell you much what happened with the evening. It was just fucking. Well, I remember. I, I needed propping up. I remember because you were staying at ours. So everyone was going out. I said to people, I was like, I might meet you before Masayoki, but as you know, like, I'm not going out to a mass karaoke event. That's just not it's my just thing. It's not me. Yeah. It's not who I am. There's one person that can get me to karaoke. <laughs> I'm going to stamp town with her. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> if Kara was like, I want to go to fucking Masayoki with me, I'd uh, be like, all right, darling, whatever you want. But not, not here. Uh, you were meant to be staying at ours. Uh, I got back at about. <sighs> I woke up to messages. One of them was like, where's Kai? And a couple of people going, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, <laughs> the you... people that had took their eyes off us for a second were like, fuck. Well, I, was, I thought someone else had... Resp- like, I need... People needed to be responsible for us. Like, that's where I got to. Belta. I hope it. <laughs> I just wish I could piece more of it together. I got like... Snippets. I actually... I, t- I went to take half a pill and... Somebody who I would least expect to do half a pill. Someone that's never done a pill before and is in the 60s. Like, said the D half with us, right? And I took a nibble and I went to have a look at it to see if I needed to nibble more. Mm-hmm. And they snatched it out of my hand and threw it down the hatch. And I had only took a quarter of the pill. <laughs> so I had to go half a pill with somebody else because I was like, haha, very funny and all, bud. I still need mine. <laughs> so I ended up having another half a pill with someone else. And, uh, I'm, and, anno- I'm annoyed at you now, but give me 25 minutes. 
and I missed that person coming up because they weren't coming to the karaoke. And like the whole time, one of my main overriding things was, I am going to miss the moment of the fringe as this person comes up, right? And I, I text them in the morning. Like I got back to Glasgow and I text them again, how was that half a pill? And they were like, sent us a picture of that like um, Garmin watch with the heart rate low Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then just shooting off the chart. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shooting off the chart on the Saturday. When I made it was decent. Yeah. How was your how was your night? It was fine. The medical people attached to my watch turned up uh, at I, five AM I, I went, I went, I went to watch Phil Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> So I like I feel like I missed I missed out on something absolutely spectacular in that. Uh, before we uh, wrap up here, I do think it's uh, very worth fucking pointing out. Uh, a Rouge Ashfak not only got nominated, fucking for, won the whole thing. She got no, she got she found out she got nominated for the best newcomer award in the taxi on the way back from the podcast. Here we obviously messaged her, being like, "Congrats, that's amazing, that's so fucking good, well done, you." And then she only went and fucking won the thing. And this is also after Emmanuel Snowby got nominated for Best Award a week I after. I we just put the, put the touch on every artist. Yeah. So I messaged a Rouge, just being like, man, congratulations. We're all super happy for you. It's an amazing show. You should be very proud. And she was like, thank you so much uh, for everything. Thanks for all your help. Thanks for sharing out the show. And I was like, do not put any of this on me. I gave you little shout outs. You would have... Had I not turned like up, I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> well, she was like, no, no, thank you so much. And I'm like, look, I'm just going to do the standard straight white male thing of now that I, just because I came to see your show and I championed you, I'm going to claim that I fucking discovered you. Yeah, because that, that's that, what that's what it feels like for people, though, when they come to the fringe. Not not comedians, no, right? no. but like punters who go in and see an act and then they end up being massive and then they saw them in their little like cargo container, yeah. 70 people. You were getting that feeling yes. that the punters of the fringe get when yeah. they discover someone. And yeah, they and the only difference was, the only difference was I got to say that I enjoyed the show on this podcast and because people on this podcast, one of the many things I love about you is the fact that you go and see the live comedy of the people on this show and that makes us look really fucking good to the guests that we have, because especially in Europe, like all of our guests who've gone to Europe will say that like 25% of their audience there are people Amazing. that have listened to this podcast. It's a great thing. So I'm messaging a rouge being it like, is. I'm just going to take all the credit for all of your success being the one that discovered you. Two hours later, an article gets released talking about a rouge being nominated. Guess who was mentioned? As Shut up. <laughs> Quote, quoted verbatim. I will not take credit for your success. I, no, I didn't fucking do it, but the, the whole thing was... What, Rouge, was the, what was the context of it then? A Rouge Ashfak nominated, uh, wins the best award after uh, being spotted and shouted out by Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Daniel Sloss. And I'm like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, fair enough. She wrote Fleabag, that won the award, came ashore, and she's now president of the Fringe, right? Mm. She now works directly with the Fringe. I have no doubt that Phoebe will have had actual, important, useful, helpful input into getting a Rouge nominated. Not me, whiskey drunk at the end of Playhouse. <laughs> yeah. Be like, I know you should also go and see a Rouge Ashfag. Not the same thing. I wasn't the person who was in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that is class though, that like, because you, you were like really excited when you'd seen her. Oh, man. So like, in... That means she done so well that she had you fucking excited about it. Like it was, it was, she was always going to go somewhere. Yeah, she was always going to win it. Like, 
The only thing, look, uh, congratulations to everyone that got nominated uh, and and won. Everyone fucking deserved it. Lou Wall not being nominated for Best Newcomer is an outright fucking travesty. Aye, 100%. Um, anyway, we've got to wrap this one up because we're doing another Q&A one after this for you cunts. So this one is going out on the public and it's going to be out after we release the Q&A because that's the Patreon episode. So if you're listening to this on a public episode and you want to listen to the Q&A that we're about to record, it's already out. You Aye. just have to pay three quid for it. I think you've got three quid. Uh, thanks to everyone that came to our shows during the Fringe. Thank you to everyone that went to see the other shows during the Fringe. It's, you know, it's a, uh, we don't have the fucking biggest uh, listener base in the world, but we do have... Enough to make a difference to yeah, people at the yeah. Fringe. And uh, we're very happy about that, so thank, thank you. you.